This podcast is sponsored by Borfindel's Dwarf Spirits. Guaranteed to blow your head off. I, I mean, really. I've seen it. One sip and boom. I'm not entirely sure I see the point, but they seem quite popular. Anyway, order Borfindel's Dwarf Spirits now at the introductory price of 14 groats per gallon and get a pint of Goblin Spittle for free. Hello, 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 and welcome to Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. I, as always, am your host, Morris, a.k.a. Russ, or Russ, a.k.a. Morris. And with me is my invisible and intangible co-host... Peter Coffey from the Southampton Guild of Roleplayers. Russ, I'm not invisible or intangible, I'm just behind you. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Fooled me again. And there you are. You are like, Every look, time. It happens. Easily done. Peter? Yes. What? in the last week, has caught your eyes in the world of RPGs. Uh, I don't know if this is strictly eligible, but I was organising an event for uh, aspiring RPG players. Well, I can tell you whether or not it's eligible. Uh, Could you see it while you were organising it? Yeah. It therefore caught your eye. Is yeah. it related to RPGs? Oh, hell yes. Totally eligible then. Sweet. <laughs> oh, marvellous. Well, that makes my <laughs> life a lot you, easier. <laughs> you got it in on a technicality. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Uh, technically correct, as everyone knows, the very best, best kind. kind of correct. There we go. <laughs> um, yeah, so it was pretty good. Uh, I put out a advertisement saying, "Hey, who wants to learn to play Fifth Ed D and D?" And do you know what the answer was for us? Everybody. Everybody. Every, yeah, there's so many people who never heard of before, but like, as you muster those magic words in a quiet room, like specially constructed out of wood at the bottom of the lake, then suddenly people will be like, "Oh yes, I was playing." Which, to be fair, actually does remind me of how I got this club started in the first place. So where did you put your ad? Ad is a strong term. Okay. A strong term. Uh, I mentioned it on Facebook, Reddit, and there's a site called meetup.com. Yes. I'm sure everyone in the world's heard of that. Uh, yeah, meetup.com is a great way to meet people like who are into the same sorts of things as you are, mm. so... It's got things like Spanish lessons. And cool. So you've got, so you got a few sort of brand new players who've never played before. Absolutely. So you officially introduced new people to the hobby. Absolutely. I, I, we divide them into people who claim to have played D&D before, people who said we never played D&D before, and people who we know for a fact have been playing D&D because they've been playing Adventurous League with us. And you managed to not scare them off. Well, I don't know. I, I guess we'll find that. out next week. <laughs> <laughs> but, 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 like, my table rolled along, never having played D&D before, and ran through basically speed ran through the four dungeons mm. i had uh the other table of six had a much harder time of it and actually total party killed oh i know it's like it's oh. unfortunate but two two of the guys from that table are like yeah we'd like to i've, got, more, an, I've got an adventure for you whenever you do a tpk yeah i've got an adventure um which is based on the river sticks Ooh. What happens is the characters are now dead. Yes. And then they carry on on the River Styx. Yeah. And then they, if they complete that adventure, it's only a short adventure, it's about mm-hmm. 15 pages long, they can return to the world at the point where they left it. Oh, nice. It's quite fun, an adventure. Yeah, yeah. You can only do it once, to be fair, otherwise. Yeah. But Gets a bit samey, but yeah. 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 Oh, that was quite lovely. Fun, an adventure. Yeah. Um, anyway. Um, What's caught your eye? Oh, my eye. Yes. Well, I, I was rooting around upstairs in, uh, in my... Um, I call it my library, but basically it's a room which is just crammed for as far as the door with stuff, which um. you physically can't even get in without, you know, donning mountaineering gear and you know, <laughs> safety equipment. Uh, some people might call it a junk room. 
And those people would be harsh and charitable and largely correct. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's got all my books in there and I have a lot of books because books are one of those things that I can't seem to get rid of. So essentially I collect them. It does seem wrong throwing books away. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, last week it, it just popped into my head was yeah. um, my old Ravenloft box set. So I thought, I've got that upstairs. So I donned my mountaineering gear, yep. put them on my hard hat, um, got some safety equipment going, a, a team of um, engineers and so forth ventured into the uh, the upstairs bedroom yes and uh, I, I i recovered and it's still in pretty good condition actually this is because i've had this for mm. what 20 years god knows how long i've had it but anyway uh, this it, is the original ravenoff box set yeah i'm, I'm absolutely loving that cover it's so hammer horror you've got um, a blue vampire strang's bed yeah, stride von zarevich himself there okay in his blue period Da da dee, da da. Um, and he appears to have a lady with super 80s curly perm hair. <laughs> yes, yeah. Um, She's totally out of an 80s sort of rock video, isn't she? Oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. If she was in black and white, she'd be on the cover. She'd be in like an issue of 2000 AD in Slane. She'd be That's hanging around with Meatloaf or somebody, I think. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. He'd do anything for love, but he won't save her from struggle. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so anyway, so I thought, you know, open this up. This is the second edition. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, inside, God, I remember all this stuff so well. I mm. really want to revisit all this. So you get a nice, solid sort of book, mm. just crammed full of information on the various different domains of Ravenloft. Loving those night black margins. You don't see margins like that anymore. Big, thick margins as well, yeah, aren't they? Yeah, size for them. You've got all the information on fear and horror checks, beasts, nice. vampires, gypsies. Oh, telling yeah. the future spells yeah. in Ravenloft because like spells in Ravenloft which are, are sort of like good aligned mm. get corrupted oh, in, uh, in Ravenloft right. setting so okay. it's actually harder to sort of do all the sort of good. and also it reveals you <gasps> to the sort of lords of the various realms yeah, you, so. you stand out like a paladin stands out like a beacon I, I'm guessing that's not the sort of thing they want to do in Ravenloft no, no. So, of course, the whole concept of Ravenloft is there's... Uh, uh, originally, it started with uh, mm-hmm. Module I-6, yeah. which was Ravenloft by mm-hmm. uh, Tracy Hickman and Laura Hickman. Yeah, uh, okay. And that got expanded into... An entire, and that was... Um, oh, was that Tracy Hickman of Margaret Rice and Tracy Hickman, yeah. the Dragonlance people? Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. So, Tracy and Laura are married. Yes. And um, they created the original Ravenloft adventure, which mm-hmm. was basically the same adventure as um, Curse of Strahd. Ooh. So Curse of Strahd's a retelling of that same adventure. Oh, okay. So it's sort of a fifth edge reskinning. Yeah, I've got it upstairs, actually. But um, yeah, yeah, it's exactly the same adventure. Um, yeah, it's, it's thicker and it's got more stuff in it, Curse of Strahd. Yeah, yeah. Original. Anyway, that eventually got expanded into a whole campaign setting. Wow. Um, so Barovia was yeah. one of the many realms. Oh. And so there were lots and lots of different realms. Each had a different lord, and it might be like a, a werewolf lord or a vampire lord. Or lord really? Soth and Dragonlance ended up over yeah. there, and he had a realm called Sithicus. Although yeah. I, I was never too keen on Lord Soth being over there. I, I I I don't know if he'd fit the setting, but if you're going to have like a big scary baddie, mm. to be fair, right? Lord Soth, <laughs> he, he, he does fit the job description. So also in this, see, you get these uh, lovely art on one, uh, these A4 size cardboard sheets. So uh, lovely art on one side, yeah. and on the back you'll have various different informations. Oh, so this one's nice. got a list of monsters and meat lurking in Ravenloft and stuff like that. Yeah, and yeah. It's got a picture of Strahd standing between two gargoyles. Looking super emo. This one's a sort of 3D sort of map image or Vagno Patrovna's Temple. Nice. So nice. you got a whole load of these sort of single sheet um, map. Well, yeah, they're maps, isometric yeah. views, 
with uh, one side it's the R and on the back side it's the sort of the key. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Another Strad holding a unfortunate a, a, lady. A, a different lady this time, yeah. I note. Yeah, and that one's got um, a list of spells which are altered by being in Ravenloft. With you. With so anyway, so you go through all those. You've got a whole... I mean, there's loads of them. Loads of them. I can't list them all. But, um, and then we've got... What's then, this? then you've got these, which are the, the different uh, sort of houses and characters yeah. in Ravenloft. Clarice. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. Like, got little family portraits. Yeah, and um, the information on the back and stats and stuff. Oh, he looks familiar, actually. He's a werewolf. He's the Lord of Arkendale, oh. which is one of the realms. Right. Uh, so this is... This is uh, Dominic Donaire, the Lord of Dementilu, a seventh level enchanter. Right. And so forth. So there's one for each of those. Yeah. Bloody gorgeous, all this stuff. Yeah. And you've got in all, uh, one, two, three, four enormous poster maps. What? I won't afford them out here, but they're like, um, yeah. one is a raven off one. Some of them are different domains and things like that. Oh. Great big poster maps, four of them. They don't make box sets like this anymore. No, no. And then, and then we've got a little advert for Dragon and Dungeon magazine, look. Oh, dear, yes. <laughs> Flyer um, and a little form that you tear off at the bottom there. Oh, yes. And yes. Send, off, um, send off your subscription. Your, yeah, your check of your money order. Yeah. That takes me back. Yeah. Oh, well, that's a really nice rest. But what a lovely box set that is. Oh, I mean, they are... They, box sets do exist still. Mm. Cause if you think about um, who we had on last week... Rodney's making boxes. Yeah, yeah. With stuff. spectaculars, the city outlaws. Yeah. And there's, um, there's, there was that super expensive box set for Waterdeep. Oh, yes. Um, the Beedling Grimm's one. That's it, yes. And uh, oh. Monty Cook Games' Invisible Sun, which is like $200. Wow, yeah. That's their big black box. So they do exist, but they tend yeah. to be they tend to be expensive premium products. Re- really emphasise the premium. But of course, at the other end of the market, for 20 odd dollars, 20 odd quid, uh, depending on when you buy it, Dungeons & Dragons starter set. Which is a box set too, yeah. 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 Although, as I recall, it's like it's got some pre-gens, basic rule set, a set of dice, and the adventure. So, yeah. I can't remember how much this Ravenloft one was. I mean, obviously it's got a lot more in it than um, mm. the D&D starter set, but I don't seem to recall it being particularly expensive at the time. Hello, your editor Daryl here. The original price of the Ravenloft Realm of Terror box set was $18 American. Adjusted for inflation from 1990, that will be about $35.75 in today's money. Yeah, yeah. It also seems like a bit of a different thing, like less of a set adventure. Mm. I, I, I didn't really get... Yeah, it's a setting rather than adventures. I do actually have some adventures for Ravenloft. I brought one down. Oh, yes. Yeah, so. Which is a Feast of Goblins here. Goblins spelt with a Y. Yeah. And of course, this is back when you get you get these adventures with these cardboard covers, which um, become GM screens. Oh, you know, which no. is it was standard back then. All the sort of Dragon Lance um, modules oh, were like that too. And then that's oh, got that's you know various props and things in it too. And then then the adventure itself. Yeah, I mean, so some of the uh, player aids. I, I would say, look a little dated to my eyes. Sure, sure. But yeah. it's probably the yeah, time. Like the, the graphic design, is, yeah. Yeah, the, the, the artwork, though, is really cracking. Yeah. Mm. yeah. yeah. I, mean, I, I love that concept of when you buy an adventure, it comes with its own... It, the cover is its own GM screen. Yes, that is nice. Which, uh, I mean, you can you can get, like, the uh, GM screen that goes with each D&D adventure now. Yeah. You've got to buy it separately. To, to be fair, I think I got the revised D&D... Fifth Ed screen because that's got all the conditions on the back. Yeah, like this is largely why I have a PHB to hand yeah. in case I need in case I need conditions. Uh, but no, that's that's a absolutely gorgeous blast from the past. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I enjoyed thumbing through that. 
Hmm. I'm tempted to do, revive it on my Thursday night group at some point and just play a, a second edition D and D. Oh, nice game of Ravenloft, just to see, just to see if it is as good as I remember it, or whether that's just like nostalgia and rose tinted glasses. I think it's largely down to how you roll the how you roll as a GM, really. I guess, yeah, yeah I guess yeah. so. Um, I guess so. so. So if you can make it like nip along, that's uh, always going to be good. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that thing's over 20 years old, isn't it? It's uh, well, anything, a lot more than that, in fact. Probably closer to 30. I don't know when that came out. Not not anything over 30 years old in this room, eh? <laughs> I'm 24. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> yes, Russ, of course we are. <laughs> anyway, shall we do some news? Absolutely. Let's do some news. There is news in the world of role-playing this week, Peter. Amazing. I love it when there's news. It's, it's so much better. Quite a lot of news. There's some about. good news and there's some bad news. Oh, um, um, um. What's the, what, what, well, let's have the good news first. You want to start with the good news and we'll do the bad news later, shall we? Yeah. All right, then. Let's have a look at the good news. Uh, some D&D errata has come out. Oh, <laughs> how exciting. <laughs> I want <Well>, a tingle. <laughs> well, there's news. Did you hear that? It says, errata, errata. I shoot the messenger. I tell you what the news is. I don't, I don't make the news. I just tell you the news. Um, so, official... Errata documents for the Player's Handbook, Monster Manual, and DMG mm-hmm. for 2018 are now up on Wizard of the Coast website. Marvellous, marvellous. They're in their 10th printing of the core rule books now. 10 printings, Yeah, on, on the way further. And um, to coincide with that milestone, they've got a fresh set of updates to all three books. Yeah. Yep. And these will also appear in, you know, the core book gift set being released this month. The, the ones with the variant covers, which are yeah, all like... Yeah, and the slipcase. Um, so we include in that. And also these changes will appear in future printings of the books. How delightful. Which uh, obviously one would expect. What about T-Rexes playing D&D? Oh, that sounds amazing. Does that sound amazing? Yes. So Sue is the name of, like, the most complete Tyrannosaurus fossil around. Yes. And, um... Where is that? Uh, it is at the Field Museum of Natural History. Ooh, okay. Yeah, that's in Chicago, I believe. Ah, okay, yeah. Uh, so Sue was discovered in 1990, and it's like a 90% complete skeleton of a T-Rex. That's pretty impressive. And it's a permanent feature in the Chicago Field um, Museum. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently Sue was 28 years old at the time of its death yeah. and um, you know it's, it's, it's an important fossil because it's greatly expanded um, mm. our knowledge of dinosaurs yeah. I say our knowledge not so much my knowledge it's yeah. the knowledge of scientists <laughs> who are far cleverer than I <laughs> um, uh, apparently Sue according to Daryl Sue apparently reads the Ian world I didn't know that. That's, that's, that's good to know. But are, anyway... Are um, you saying the people that listen to Ian Waldorf that what, read Ian Waldorf fossils? Well, I didn't realise the dinosaurs read it, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, apparently they walk the earth still and read websites. Uh, you heard it here first. Anyway, Sue yeah. is playing or running a game of D&D via Twitter. That, that sounds like it must be old, old school. Do you think they're using um, BX or what? Or OD&D? Oh, no, I think it's by VD&D. Let's, 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 let's just call up the Twitter account there and have a quick look. So, Sue the T-Rex. Yes. Yes, you trod down the cobbled streets of Waterdeep after a long journey from the jungle. You duck into a tavern that seems to be alive with activity. The swinging sign out front reads the yawning portal. You enter <laughs> and you notice a conventional yet incredibly busy pub. In the middle is a large open well of some kind, but not a lot of empty tables. What table do you choose to sit at? And then there's a poll, and people are voting on what they do. <laughs> so at the moment, uh, the, the votes, the uh, choices are ghost white cat person, blue green elf lady, the quiet lion dude, 
or Spacetown Wizard, and there's 603 votes so far, and so far the quiet lion dude is, uh, is leading. Player, so basically, they? yeah, Sue the T-Rex is running a D&D game via po- Twitter polls. It's a strong choice. <laughs> That's really uh, fun. Well, I, I'm glad to see that no matter how old you are, in some cases over 300 million years, you can still embrace. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so the, the um, D&D gift set, we mentioned that a minute ago, that's available um, in uh, hobby stores now. It is claimed to be available in hobby stores now? Yes. Is it actually available in hobby well, stores Well, I now? don't know. I've kind of given up trying to get hold of things. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, don't, I don't know. Uh, uh, theoretically, it is available in hobby stores now. Huzzah! Uh, now being uh, November the 20th. Yes. Uh, because we're recording a day late because I was away for the weekend. Yeah. Um, which means the podcast might go out a day late this week. So apologies to everyone for that. We're really, really sorry. Honest. This is our sorry face. Well, hope you're happy. <laughs> sorry face. Perfect for an audio medium. <laughs> so uh, what else do we have in the exciting world of games? Uh, do you remember the thefts at Essen Spiel that we oh, mentioned a few yeah, weeks ago? yeah. That was really sad and disappointing. It was, it has was. There, has there been an update? Oh, um, yeah. So there's been more reports of theft from vendors have come to light. Yes. Um, so uh, during the... Because that was like 25th to the 28th of October. Mm. Uh, so uh, ja- uh, I may pronounce some names wrong here. Japanime or Japanime or Japanime. I'd say Japanime. Anyway, they... A portmanteau of Japan. Yes. Japanime. Yes. Japanime. You're welcome. Japan away games <laughs> have reported a theft of between six and seven thousand euros. Oh, uh, Greenbrier Games yeah. uh, had a money bag containing about a thousand dollars from behind their counter stolen. Oh, Artipia Games, an entire cash register was stolen. Oh, um, so one person was arrested from the team that robbed Artipia and was found with a taser gun. Oh my goodness, that must have been. Very frightening. Yes, I'm sure when they say found with a taser gun, I assume they didn't mean they used a taser gun to find them. No, I think that they had a taser gun about their person. Yes, yeah. Going around uh, armed, essentially, mm. terrifying. Yeah, uh, so this follows like some um, previously previous robberies of vendors at SNS Spiel. There was Ludi mm. Creations, who created a Kickstarter for mm. Steal This Game to raise funds to replace those that were stolen. Mm-hmm. Um, Artipia has decided to follow in their footsteps um, with the Affair, a Robbery and a Promo Pack Kickstarter, which contains expansions for several of their games with the games themselves available as add-ons. Um, that's quite a uh, short run. I mean, yeah, um, that's that, that was run last week. That's actually ended last th- Thursday. Uh, okay, yeah. But, but, yeah, I mean, fair play to them for trying to get it back on their feet because it is such a major blow to a small company to have. Mm. I mean, because... Like, Essen's not going to have been cheap to be yeah. to hand or to run at. Yeah. And then to have all your profits stolen, it's just yeah. sad. And, and, and small RPG companies are dirt poor. They really yeah. are. I yeah. mean, they're not they're not the rich people in the world. They're no. not, you know. They're RPGs. Not that I'm saying you should steal from anyone, but stealing no. from the poor is the worst. It's sort of like being inverse. You're basically not being Robin Hood, you're being the sheriff of Nottingham. Yeah, stealing from the poor and keeping it for yourself. Yeah. 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 Brick down back. Yeah. Well, I don't imagine they were they were sort of like kidding themselves that they were doing it for any kind of altruistic reason. But, no. But, no. yeah. Oh, well. See, seeing from the porn, keeping for yourself, yeah. Yeah. Okay. These are bad dudes talking about bad. Yeah. Uh, okay, so did we have any of this good news <laughs> that I asked for? <laughs> I was hoping for some of that. That's uh, Okay, yes, some good news. A, a D&D <laughs> adventure for charity. 
Oh, lovely. lovely. So, a Lost Laboratory of Quarish. Yeah. Uh, I pronounced that correctly. Well, I'm sure I did. Apparatus of. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, it's a 60-page adventure released by Wizards of the Coast. Nice. Um, you can get it in PDF format over on the DMs Ooh. Guild. And the proceeds of it are all going towards the Extra Life charity. Ah, yes, yes. Which is the one for kids' hospitals yes. over in the US. Um, it's described as, as a lost uh, laboratory of Qualish explores an alternate expedition into the barrier peaks. Ooh. The legendary inventor disappeared in the peaks eons ago. As it turns out, finding a crashed planar ship and studying its technology to fuel his own experiments. Only now, Qualish's lost research is desperately needed. Ah, uh, that's what Fifth Ed needs more of. It's interesting because they call it a crashed planar ship. Of course, the original um, expedition to the Barrier Peaks it was mm-hmm. a crashed spaceship. Yes. So um, they changed that to a to a to a planar ship instead. It makes sense with the Magic the Gathering sort of jazz that's coming through the pipeline. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Uh, right. What else have we got in the news? Yep. And um, so is that it for good news? I know. I'm sure we have more good news. But well, uh, let's do the bad news now. And then if any good news pops up, then maybe that will change. Okay, it. should we talk about White Wolf? Oh, dear. <laughs> I, I, I mean, there's bad news and there's, like, just a watching catastro- a car catastrophic crash. Catastrophic news, yes. Catastrophic. Watching a car crash has it happened yeah. in slow motion. So I assume you've been following this. You know you know what's, what's going on. I, I, I am regretfully yeah, aware yeah. of the details of... Basically, they have... Um, White Wolf have, like, made a major, major, major misstep here. It's not the first time, though, to be fair. It's it not, is. but I think this is quite a... I mean, they, they've always tried to be edgy, and they've often, like, they, courted they, 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 controversy. They, they've tried to be alternative and offer, like, a different sort of role-playing experience. Yeah. I mean, I think it's important to note that White Wolf now isn't the same White Wolf that was around in the 90s. That is very true. They so, split off with Onyx Path. And, and yeah, so the property, the, the property got sold to... Uh, uh, the Ice, No, the Icelandic... Um, company CCP, right? Yeah, um, like fifteen years ago or something, and they're yeah. the people that make Eve Online, and yes. that company wanted to make a uh, oh, M- vampire MMO, Online. a vampire MMO. Yes, yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and that that kind of fell through. That didn't happen. Yeah, and then Paradox bought the rights, so bought the name yeah. White Wolf and all the sort of yeah, all the, stuff okay, yeah. off of CCP. Yeah. So the people currently working for Paradox under the new White Wolf aren't yeah. the same. You know, it's not it's not the same no. company that was around back then. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so um, it's sort of a corporate culture transmission, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so basically, they uh, the books uh, Camarilla and Anarch. What was it Anarch? Anarch. Anarch. Yeah. Anarch. Um, yeah. So the, these are yeah. Su- these are supplements for Vampire Fifth Edition, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, uh, the uh, oh. Camarilla bit a book in particular. Um, dealt with um, ongoing um, sort of tragic human tragedy in uh, yes. Chechnya, where yes. um, members of the um, LGBT community are being, uh, being horrendously persecuted. Uh, uh, not just persecuted, murdered. actually tortured and murdered. Yeah, you know, it's not. You know, it's terrible. It's horrible. It's terrible. It, it's an ongoing human crisis, which is. Not getting the coverage yeah. it needs or deserves, and what what yeah. White Wolf decides to do with this? And so, what happened was Chechen officials are yes. denying it's happening and saying it's all yeah. Western propaganda. Well, so this is this is the key to why this is so egregious because yeah. Chechen um, officials are saying yeah. it's not happening; it's all Western propaganda. Yeah. Ignore it. Mm-hmm. Um, what White Wolf did in their book was say yeah. 
It's not happening. It's oh. all vampire pro- propaganda to cover up vampire activity. Oh, no, no, no. They said it is happening, but it's a, it's a diversion to cover up what the vampires are actually mm. up to. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, that. Wait, wait, wait to go. Um, nice. Nice. Yeah, so there was a yeah. massive, massive, massive backlash online yeah. and stuff. And, you know, understandably so. Yes. People were legitimately angry. Well, um, yes. And so, <laughs> uh, so White Wolf's uh, Shams Georgiani oh, yeah. uh, made an announcement the other day. Oh, yeah. And so it's quite a long announcement. It's quite a long apologetic announcement, admitting their culpability, admitting they've done wrong. What's happening is paradox. I, I, they've, they've actually said sorry, yeah. not just sorry for offending you. Yeah, but paradox sorry. is essentially shutting down White Wolf. In Ooh, essence, yes. I mean, I mean, White Wolf will no longer be able to um, act independently. Yeah, um, and also there's there's like management changes. Yeah, um, the two offending books have been um, recalled and it'll be edited and uh, reissued and stuff like that. But well, there's also the nature of the international incident mm. because like the people like the murderous people who are running the government in Chechnya, objects to their description has like there being vampires involved in running Chechnya and like are like filing complaints and so forth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's turning into a bit of an international incident, yeah, with White Wolf at the centre of it. Which is a first for role-playing games, I think, that I'm aware of. I don't know. So so their apology was quite long, but it's a sort of um, important bit. Uh, So in the Chechnya chapter of the V5 Camarilla book, yeah. We lost sight of this. The result was a chapter that dealt with a real-world, ongoing tragedy in a crude and disrespectful way. We should have identified this either during the creative process or in editing. This did not happen, and for this we apologise. So obviously it's a lot longer than that, is the, is the, is the announcement. But that's the... That's the sort of... I, I, I don't know. It's like they, they have been seeking controversy... At every turn. Yeah, I mean, they were, not that long ago, they had to go online and sort of, like, emphatically deny that they were um, allied with, like, the... Oh, the all-right all right and, uh, uh, and slash uh, Nazis fascist. and stuff. Yeah, and exactly. It's, it's like, if you have to go and say, we're not Nazis, honest, we just like using their stuff, it, it, it's, it's awkward. I mean, Nazis do feature in role-playing games, but they're generally not... These are playable people that you should be like. Yeah, it's like I appreciate that they're doing vampires who are objectively going to be horrible, but even so, it's talking like... of Nazis and role playing games, Mike Myler, who mm. um, does a lot of uh, sort of Pathfinder stuff, he used to work nice. for Adventure a Week. Uh, he's now the editor of Inside. He's you know he's, he's a sort of yeah. big all rounder. Um, he has released uh, a product called, I think it's Operation Nazi Smasher or something like that. I can't remember. Oh, off, can't remember offhand exactly what it is. That's yeah, yeah, brilliant. yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah well, I, I started off with the wrong thing for catching my eye because that <coughs> I totally saw that. I thought that was brilliant. Yeah. But it, it's that got the so it's what it's a it's a, is it is it an RPG setting or material or something? Uh, I, 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 I've only seen a picture of yeah, it. Yeah, same thing. Same thing. Yeah. Uh, I believe it's a. By the setting, is it? Maybe uh, it, it, I'm not sure. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if it was if it's coming from a Insider, but yeah, I mean, well, it's not coming from Insider. It's just, oh, but oh, he well, just happens to work for Insider. Oh, fair enough. Fair it's enough. coming from him. Yeah, but I'm, I'm absolutely loving it. It's like bottom Statue of Liberty looking lady, uh, but she's black. Is just punching out Adolf Hitler. Yes, I'm like, you know what? Like ten years ago, I'd be like, oh, that's a bit, odd. that's a bit corny. But right now, I'm feeling, yeah, I like this. You have my attention. Please continue. Yeah. Yeah. Hello, your editor, Daryl, here again. 
I am actually a credited writer on Operation Nazi Smasher. My only RPG writing credit, as a matter of fact. Uh, I did a bit of the purple prose scene descriptions, like the read-aloud text, so not a whole lot of work compared to the other very talented people who worked on the project. However, I can give you a little bit more information. Operation Nazi Smasher is a pulp-style adventure where the player characters are raiding a castle that Nazi scientists have been using to perform strange occult scientific experiments. It's very much inspired by 1940s pulp adventure and the pastiches of the genre like Indiana Jones, Hellboy, and Wolfenstein. We all volunteered our work on the project and the proceeds from the adventure are going to charity organizations working against hate groups and discrimination, including the Southern Poverty Law Center and Black Lives Matter. The Pathfinder version came out in October of 2017, and this new 5th edition version came out this past Sunday. Okay, well, more, more news. Yes, yeah, We have more news. Um, ships and D&D 5th edition. Fantastic. So the latest Unearthed Arcana article up on Wizards' site. Oh, yes, yes. Playtest rules uh, for ships, officers, crew, and hazards on the high seas. And it's a nine-page PDF. It's got mm-hmm. stat blocks from airships to galleys. It's got info on crews, rules for sea travel and hazards. And there's also like information on, not a lot of information, but some information on owning and managing your own ship. Mm-hmm. All definitely worth a check. Yeah. be interesting to see what they're planning on doing with that, because when they do mm. the sort of playtest stuff with Dun After Kane Arcana, yeah. sort of six months later, you see why they were playtesting that. Oh, yeah, yeah. So Sometimes it, it, like the Minotaurs, for example. Exactly. And the Centaurs as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. it's been interesting to see what that's for. If you're interested in sort of naval D and D games, that's that's, that's what you want to go for that. Uh, go have a splish around there. A splish around. Yes. Or, although hopefully they will have given some thought to the poor old fighters and paladins who have certain issues that come when it comes to naval combat, which is I appear to be wearing a lot of metal. <laughs> well, not every fighter has to wear plate armor. To be fair. Or a chain mail, according to the rules, takes five minutes to take off. You can see how that would oh, distract that, that you. That is quite a while, isn't it? Yeah. That, 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 that's a long time to hold your breath for us. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yes, yes, it is. Yes. Well, presumably you take it off before you get on the ship, not after you fall in the water. Well, uh, the, the idea is you don't fall over the overboard. Speaking from my experience of being on the yacht, they're like really big on not falling overboard. Really? Like, oh, yeah. Interesting. I, I thought Who'd have thought? I, I'd have thought it would be something that happened all the time, but yeah. apparently it's like very rare people to actually fall off a yacht. Hmm. Jumping off, that's a different thing. Anyway, we digress. Yeah. Um, I released another book this week. Did you? Um, Santiago, A Myth of the Far Future. Ooh. Um, I actually have it somewhere. Oh, okay. Oh, yes. So this is uh, what sort of new adventure uh, written by me. They're not always, always written by me, but this one is, but it's based on the novels by Mike Resnick. Oh, that rings bells. Why does Resnick ring bells? Uh, he wrote a novel called Santiago, A Myth of the Far Future. I don't know. <laughs> not not, not one that I'm familiar with. But... No, okay. okay. Yeah, that's nice. Um, so, yes, yeah, so this is a sci-fi adventure where you have to track down the most notorious um, outlaw in the galaxy. And you're a, you're a group of bounty hunters. And you travel from planet to planet following clues. Oh, where tracking in, him down. Where in time and space is um, Joe Santiago? He's what, sorry? Where in time and space is Joe Santiago? Joe right? Santiago. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we're set in the far future. Oh, yeah, um, that's lovely. Quite a long, long way in the future. Mm, yeah, well, you've got like a, a whole uh, potential crew of people here. Yeah, no, that, looks, that looks very nice for us. Very nice, isn't it? Well, thank you very much. Oh, um, oh yeah, there is a bit more news. RPG uh, Now. 
Yes. Are you familiar with the shop, uh, the online store RPG now? I'm very familiar with it. Okay. Are you also familiar with? Has is my has is my credit card. <laughs> okay. Are you also familiar with drive through RPG, uh, the DMs Guild, all that sort of stuff. Which are basically the same place. Yeah. Yeah. So all of those things are exactly the same store with yes. a different different skin on mm. the front of them. Um, so uh, RPG Now and Drive Through RPG were originally separate sites back in sort of like 2000. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they merged in what 2006 or something. Something like. Became the same site because uh, mm. uh, Steve Wick started um, Drive Through RPG, mm-hmm. and it was James Maffey, I think that's how you pronounce his name, mm-hmm. um, uh, created RPG Now. Mm-hmm. So they were competitors for about six years. Yeah. And then uh, then they merged. So anyway, so they then became one store. Yes. But they kept the two um, brands yeah. and RPG now kind of like focused a bit more on um, indie stuff. Yeah. And drive through RPG a bit more on the sort of bigger, mm. big titles and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Although all the same products were in each store. It was just literally, yeah. you know, the branding on, what the, the, on fo- the front page. Branding the, focus, yeah. Yeah. Um, so you could, yeah, you could buy any product from any store. It, it, did, store. it did take me a while to notice that they were the same place. Yeah, they're exactly the same. Yeah. 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 If you If you take a the uh, web address of any product on Drive mm-hmm. RPG and just change the Drive DTRPG bit to mm-hmm. RPG Now. Yep. It will just take you to the exact corresponding page on... Oh, nice. Just like you do with Amazon.co.uk and Amazon.com. You can oh. just change the co.uk and the com and it'll take you to the corresponding page. Nice. Assuming it's there. Yes, yes. Um, and also, of course, DMs Guild yes. is, again, the same store and mm. uh, a lot of those community content... Um, well, this is... Things. Absolutely fascinating, but... But you want the news. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah really the old news. Yeah, really old news. In 2006. It's a little thing we call context, yeah. <laughs> so, so the current news is... The current news. Um, they have finally decided to retire RPG Now as a brand. Oh, okay. Um, so basically, starting in February 2019, mm-hmm. um, basically RPG Now will redirect to Drive Through RPG. Okay. And like the, logo, the RPG now skin is disappearing and stuff like that. So nobody panic. Nothing's really changing. Nothing, right, absolutely nothing's changing. No, no. Yeah. It's uh, it's just like as a brand, RPG now is going down. Um, uh, they say that uh, basically uh, in the twelve years since they merged, mm-hmm. the, like the usage of the RPG now site yes. storefront has tapered off constantly, while Drive to RPG has grown year on year. Yeah. Okay. And so it's reached a point. They say now that um, people who buy things using the RPG now storefront. Mm-hmm. Is something like less than one tenth the people who use Drive Through RPG. Okay. And they've decided at this point, you know, this moment well, has been coming for years. It's about time. Yeah. Okay. I think that's it for the news, Peter. Okay, we're done now. Mm. Do you know what I think we should do? <gasps> what do you think we should do? I think we should play our favourite game in all the world. Yay! <laughs> hey! <laughs> Would you like to? Yes, that's <laughs> right. Alright then, our favourite game in all the world is the game where I read out the name of a Kickstarter and you try and guess what the Kickstarter is from just the name. Okay? Kamigakari God Hunters. (laughs) So, what what was that again, sorry? Kami... (laughs) Kamigakari. K-A-M-I-G-A-K-A-R-I. Come on, God Hunters. That sounds like it's going to be a uh, Japanese themed RPG. Mm-hmm. Like a Kami is a like a spirit sort of small god sort of thing in the Terry Pratchettian sense. So I would assume from the name that it's going to be. Mm, I like modern day. It'd be really cool if you were modern day and you like hunting down small gods that were like causing mischief in 
Monday Tokyo or like out in the backwards and they're just up to no good and you're basically sort of Japanese Ghostbusters slash Ghost Hunters. Yeah, you've got something like 1,000%. Yay! Radio, spot on, spot on. Yeah. So Tabletop RPG from Japan. Yes. About secret societies, soul-eating monsters, gods of destruction and the anime heroes who fight them. Set in modern day Japan. Nice. Um, you play as a god hunter with mm-hmm. uh, supernatural strength, magical abilities, mm-hmm. and spiritual powers. And your mission is to protect the populace from evil beings known as Aramitama mm-hmm. and to prevent the supernatural from leaking into the public eye. So, yeah, you got that spot on. Well, first time for everything. Yeah. Yes, well done. I'm proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> Double, please. Yeah. Uh, right, let's find another one, shall we? Hmm. Okay. Turn. T-U-R-N. Turn. Hmm? And that's the name, is it? T-U-R-N. Turn. Yes. T-U-R-N. Not T-E-R-N. Nope. Turn. It's not about birds. Turn, turn, turn. You spin me right round, maybe right round. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Turn. I... My mind leaps immediately to clerics. And... um, Saying... Uh, essentially, the act has these divine bouncers saying, look, no one dead, no trainers. And um, I think possibilities, we could have a whole, someone's might have put way too much thought into how turning undead works and created like a massive supplement for 5e. That would be so boring. I hope you have done that. <laughs> um, I hope it's not that. That would be awful. Is that your uh, guess? That's not my guess. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go... What, what I always do is I just think, what's the most interesting thing it could be? And, and go for that. And uh, if I'm correct, that's great. Um, and it's not like, you know, that's how it works for dinosaur princesses. I digress. So what we have here is turn. So I'm feeling like sort of a, a modern gothic vibe. Like maybe 1960s, the modern day. So not super recent, but like, you know, um, priests like dealing with more ghosts and so forth that's I don't know that's what I've got okay well it's not that no okay but if you're going with your first guess you'd have been about a billion 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 miles off okay as it is you're sort of you're in you're in the right county okay (laughs) (laughs) I'm not actually in the sea (laughs) Um, so this is a uh, it calls itself a slice of life Mm -hmm. supernatural role-playing game mm-hmm. with quiet drama about shapeshifters in small rural towns. Oh. Um, so these shapeshifters, uh, they struggle between their beast and human sides. Mm. Uh, is this like sort of, an Amer- does this refer to American rural towns or is this a more of a British one? I think generally when you don't see... If it doesn't specify. If it doesn't specify otherwise, generally you can assume yes, it does. I mean, the backer yeah. levels are... Dollars? Pounds, uh, yeah, they are dollars, but also uh, the back levels are bears, raccoons, ravens, bisons, wolves, the all American animals. So. I, I was just gonna say because these would be very different games, yeah, cougar, and, otter. Uh, so, um, yeah, yeah, I'm guessing very much that's in, in the US, mm-hmm. okay, and it includes interlocking character sheets Ooh. which represent your human roles and beast archetypes. Uh, you also create your town map together at the table on a provided mm-hmm. template. Oh, okay. Um, it says the uh, the Kickstarter, the game is already completed as a six by nine inch book mm-hmm. and the Kickstarter is just to fund the print run. 
Oh, okay. So that should be not, uh, out nice So you should get that nice and quickly. Um, do you want to do one more or not? Oh, go on then. Okay. Uh, let's go with... This is one that I'd like the look of, but unfortunately the name of it really, really gives away exactly what it is. Um, <laughs> so I'm just going to well, go, I'm just we, gonna go for it. Now. Just because I like the look of it, so I want to promote it. Um, yeah. Eternal Verse, Dungeons and Dragons Maps. Yeah, that, that, that's, a, that's a really good name for Kickstarter because I've got a fairly good idea of what it's about just from the title alone. Mm. Which, let's face it, is a strong reason to then click through and look at it further. Mm. I'm hoping. Let's find out. So, here, Maps. Four Dungeons and Dragons, so I'm guessing a big pile, like, I don't know, a book of about 60, 80 different maps. I'm hoping, like, A4, full colour, and it's just got all sorts, like, um, all different styles of maps, uh, just that you can essentially say, right, I, I've got I've got a campaign idea, I've got a setting, where is everything? Grab this, bam, you've got a map, good to go. Hmm. Yeah, sort of. Um, so these are, it's not a book of them, they're waterproof, drawable, reusable and customisable maps. Oh, even better. Um, so it's a, it's a little Kickstarter, this. so it had a goal of 250 euros. What? So far it's made 477 euros and it's got uh, nine days to go and it's only got 14 backers. So, you know, I felt like I wanted to sort of like give it a bit of a plug. Um, in fact, I'm going to back it myself. So, um, yeah. uh, so I, it's I, a cl- I'm grabbing my, just grabbing my phone uh, <laughs> yeah. in a completely professional fashion. Yeah, yeah back, it, back it while we're, while we're, while we're recording the Kickstarter. Well, well what's, what's the backer levels? Because it can't be that much. Because it, it's basically doing... So $5 ready to print. Yeah. $25 for the full map set, physical. Nice. Uh, not dollars, uh, euros, sorry. Yeah, yeah, 25 euros yeah. and then 50 euros for some sort of custom ones well they'll make your maps waterproof and drawable uh, I mean it's not obviously um, I wouldn't know anything about having a drink room in my house either but yeah hmm. <laughs> uh, can I see some of the maps yeah so just get rid of that so yeah so there's six maps yeah yeah uh, so we've got a, a region map a small village yeah a city on top of a cliff with a castle and town walls um, one map with two reversible dungeons and a forest okay. path. And there's also a sheet of stickers for easy mm. land naming and a set of items printed in acetate. Potions, caskets, traps, obstacles, coins, that sort of thing. Oh, okay. So these are these are what the maps look like. Yeah, so we've got sort of... Um, it looks like something that would be, to my mind, about the size of... Quite, quite small, like, say, you've got Newfoundland off the coast of Canada, mm-hmm. or Britain off the coast of Europe, it looks like, from what I can see there. Mm. But obviously also some much lower scale maps as well. Pledge. There we go. Yeah. There we go. We had a, a live pledging. <laughs> <laughs> That's quite cool, isn't it? We should probably let them know about that. Uh, <laughs> I don't think they'll care. To be fair, like, they've probably worked out there's, like, two new guys. <laughs> So the, yeah, the, yeah, those look like good quality maps, and like it's pretty decent price as well. So uh, glad to get in on that. Hmm. Hello, everyone, and it's uh, me, Peter. I'm doing an interview with a man who needs no proper introduction. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> He's climbed Mount Everest. He's twice, in- twice, young man. Indeed, he's invented. All sorts of board games. He introduced Queen Victoria to role-playing yes, games. Yes, I did. Uh, the first man to Mars and to Jupiter. Also, the holder of the universal record for parachuting into the Venusian atmosphere. 
It's Professor Victor von Wolfhausen Smythe. Hello, hello, hello. Professor, fantastic to have you on the show with us. Why, thank you, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, um, I particularly liked your entries into our favourite game in all the world ever. I thought you were bang on every time. I don't know how you do it. Well, you know, I do like to keep myself informed. Absolutely. So up to the... There are very few subjects, you see, that I do not know everything about. Excellent. I'm a doctor in many things, you know. Oh, absolutely. Your academic credentials are definitely as long as my arm. Yes, I'm a doctor in medicine, physics, doorways, and dinosaurs. In doorways, you say? Yes, yes. You can get a doctorate in doorways. Did you not know? I didn't. Um, have you been enjoying your game of D&D that Sue's been running for you? Oh, yes. I, I used to know Sue back in the day, you know. I originally taught her to play D&D. Sue the T-Rex, I used to call her. And a, a world exclusive for this podcast. We have found out how Sue, a aged dinosaur, was able to play Fifth Dead D&D. Yes! I hear she's been using the Twitters. Yes, that's right. It's an exciting new device. Uh, do you have a Twitter handle, Professor? Oh, no, no. If I were to create a Twitter account, the number of followers I'd get would explode the entire internet. Well, absolutely. People who would find themselves spontaneously following you, even though they didn't have a Twitter account. Indeed, indeed. So, uh, tell me, Professor, what brings you back to sunny Southampton? Well, I thought I'd come and tell you about my new charity. Your new charity? Yes. I'm launching a charity for underprivileged dragons. Dragons? Dragons. Well, what makes these dragons uh, underprivileged? Well, you know, there's only so much gold to go around. Uh, absolutely. Imagine absolutely. being a greater fire dragon and yes. only having two and a half billion gold coins. You'd be the laughing stock of all dragon kind. That is certainly a lot of gold that you require for your sleeping requirements. Indeed. So I thought I'd start a charity to see if we could gather some funds in order to furnish these underprivileged dragons with the gold they desperately need. Had they considered perhaps finding some alternative sleeping materials? I hear chocolate coins can be very comfortable. Yes, they get very sticky, especially with the fire dragons. That's true. They would be very warm. I imagine how the it would be quite comfortable. Well, for an ice dragon, perhaps. Oh, well, I would imagine for an ice dragon, surely it would be quite hard. But uh, you would know a lot more about dragons than me. I do. I have known many dragons in my time. What exactly do you believe are the root causes of underprivilege in the uh, draconic species? Oh, well, it does rather remind me of the time I was trekking across sub-Saharan Africa on foot. Uh, well, that's actually not that remarkable, but... <laughs> Uh, Professor Von Wolfgang Smythe. Many people have actually done that. Well, yes, I haven't gotten to the good part yet. Oh, yes. Yeah. I then trekked across the Sahara on foot. Again, while more special, a lot of people have been doing that for a long time. And then I trekked across the Antarctica on foot. Uh, I presume there was a pit in the middle where you... Uh, I swam. You swam from North Africa. To the Antarctic subcontinent. Indeed. That must have taken quite some time. Yes, at least half an hour. Yeah, I bet your arms got very tired. No, of course they did not. Uh, oh, sorry. What was I thinking? I'm built like a bear, you know. Yes, Some certainly. say I look a bit like one, too. And I might... can't help being naturally hairy. And some might say they smell like one, but they'd be unkind and uncharitable people. I do have a magnificent beard, though, don't you think? 
It is certainly magnificent. Yes, yes. And what were we talking about, young man? Uh, you were busy telling me about the root causes of lack of privilege in the draconic species. Well, yes, but of course, as I mentioned earlier, there's only so much gold to go around. Uh, so I, I feel that it is unfair for a dragon to have to sleep on a bed not made of at least two billion golden coins. Of course. Um, there, there are questions surrounding the charity and the raising of the funds. Questions? Oh, absolutely. Which is that uh, dragons are semi-mythical super predators and are thus on the endangered species list. Well, yes, they are an endangered species, especially with all those knights and heroes wandering around, hunting them down, poor defenceless creatures. Well, it's funny you should mention that, because obviously while uh, knights have had an effect, it's only in relatively recent years that the number of dragons has dropped quite so sharply. Oh dear, I must do something about maybe I should open a second charity. Well, that is the thing that uh, is the problem, because uh, after scientific studies have been performed by our colleagues at the University of Southampton, they have identified the number one cause of dragon numbers declining. Oh, and that would be... That would be you, Professor Victor von Wolfhardt. Me? Yes. You've been killing off all these poor dragons. Yeah, That's why there's so many dragon orphans out there. Some, you monster! Some of them were quite rude to me. There's no reason. I do to... insist on manners, you know. There, there's good manners. Uh, put me down! Ah! <laughs> <laughs> hey, Peter. Yes, Russ. What's you got? What, this, this, this thing here? Is that a book, or are you just pleased to see me? Well, <laughs> uh, it's, it, well, I did bring a banana with me to eat after the podcast, but what I have here is, very excitingly, why don't I not hold the book in front of the microphone? That's probably a good idea, yeah. It is, is I have Waterdeep Dungeon of the Mad Mage. You do have Waterdeep Dungeon of the Mad Mage. Yeah. Um, it's very shiny. It, it's very shiny. Do you know what I do need to know, though, Peter? What do you need to do you know? Do you know what I really need to know? What? I need to know how much that book weighs. Oh, yes. Time to do some science. Time to do science! Yes. Why do we read books for us? I, I forget. I, I've forgotten too. There was, a, was there a thing on Amazon or something? There was I, a thing on Amazon. I don't know, but I mean, it's now a thing that we do. Hello, your editor Daryl here. The weighing of books started back when the Guildmaster's Guide to Ravnica was first announced, and the only information in the listing on Amazon when the news broke was the shipping weight of the book. Russ and Peter attempted to reverse-engineer the page count of the books by weighing various Dungeons & Dragons books and comparing their weight to their page counts. This has now become a tradition on Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk that the weight of any book must be determined before any review can begin. Okay, so the book weighs in at... Ooh, 1.088 kilos. Wow. Yeah, I'm just going to confirm that. That sounds like quite a lot. Uh, well, it's a... It's a substantial piece of work. I'll be perfectly honest with you, Russ. How many pages is it? Oh, here, how, how, how much that? Oh my God, that's heavy. Wow. There. You get a tremendous sense of value. Like all these uh, cut-out cards at the back, look. Rune decks. Secret yeah. stack. Yeah. Stuff like that. But page numbers... Those page numbers are really faint. 316. 317. So, about 320 pages. Yeah. Give or take. 320 pages. Yeah. And it is quite unusual... For a D&D book, I mean, literally, I picked this up 
about two hours ago. Yeah, and I, 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 people who have been following along will know that we've been having trouble getting hold of this one. Super hard. And um, there's been printing, apparently, or shipping delays of some kind. At the moment, yes. as I look at Amazon.co.uk, mm-hmm. it says a one to three month wait. I don't know if that will change anytime soon or whether that's, I don't know what's going on there. And yeah. when I went into Forbidden Planet on Friday, mm-hmm. they had nothing. It wasn't there. Shocking. And of course, I've been away since then, so... Mm-hmm. But you've managed to pick that up this morning. Yes, yes, I have. Um, and one of the things that I'm noticing... Uh, uh, for, for those of you who somehow managed to avoid the froth about uh, Dungeons and Mad Mage, essentially what you have is a 23-level dungeon. 23 levels. That's a, that's a big old... That, that's, a, that's a lot of writing, and this weighty tomb does make me feel that they've been putting the stuff in. I haven't had a chance to look for it in detail... But yeah, the first. Uh, Already run through the levels. Yeah, well, we've got. So it's one level per character level, and it goes some level. Yeah, or, or, almost, almost entirely. The first thirteen levels, I think it is per character level. Then it's half a level per character level. Yeah, and it takes you up to uh, level twenty-three. Wait, the level twenty-three of the dungeon, but yes. level twenty character level. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So, so the dungeon goes to the uh, has level twenty three to get to. What's interesting is that final level there mm. looks like it takes you from seventeen to twenty on its own. That is what it claims. Blimey! Yes, that's and so. That last one's called what's the Mad Wizard's Lair? Mad Wizard's Lair. Three levels. And how how big is that chapter? It's not big, Russ. It's uh, that's what eleven thirteen pages. There's a lot of In- XP packed into thirteen pages there. Well, I don't. You know, I don't believe in spoilers, but I've had a look and. That that's a substantial boss fight that you are coming yeah. up to. This is like a mega boss fight. Any one of those creatures, I'll be like, hmm, is this a bit OP? Well, can we do spoilers? No. I prefer it. Or we could do non-spoilers, then spoilers. Or we could do a spoiler episode later. We we, 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 we could. Get your own copy. <laughs> no, I, I, I don't think, I don't like spoiling stuff for people, but it, it, it looks really nice. I mean, uh, it's no secret that it's Halasta that you'll be facing off mm-hmm. against, who is... Who apparently has a whole bunch of different motivations you can choose from. That is true. Have you got, have you got that list of motivations there? We do have and list of motivations. And then these motivations sort of get seeded throughout the adventure, I believe. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Um, there's all sorts of... It's on page 11, I think. There yeah. it is. Yeah. Well, we've got six different motivations. What, what are they? Cleaning house, destroying an enemy. It does name the enemy, but again, we'll avoid that. Striking fear into heroes' hearts, mm. um, becoming a shadow lord of a city, finding a new apprentice, very Darth Vader, I think, or very Emperor. Very Batman. Yeah. What? Robin. Robin's like his apprentice, isn't he? And uh, locating somebody whose name that. Locating Jeslia. Jeslia? Jeslia. Well, I hope the GMs don't have as much as you do. That fantasy was... naming. Oh, I love fantasy name. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, uh, it's a, it's a okay. lovely looking book. Yeah, yeah. Lovely looking book. Interestingly, while we're talking about the aesthetics of it, it's a very, very rare for a new D&D book. Because mm. you know most of them have like big full cover splash pages. Yes. Not, not here. It's got a half page uh, chapter yeah. Oh, no, I'm not saying it's, like, devoid of any sort of beauty or anything like that. There are some lovely ones. But they've got, like, the standard headers and maybe the... Occasion- in fact, they don't even have that many it's illustrations just, spotted yeah. through. It like, looks, generally speaking, like it's one illustration per chapter. 
and it's the half page header intro to each chapter. Yeah, but, that, would that be fair? Well, you've got you've got a map um, in if each you're, chapter if you're inclined to count such things. But yeah, no, actually, that's so. So the artwork for this has actually been really quite minimal, mm. which which is unusual for Wizards. But to be fair, they've got a 320-page book. It is huge. Well, this is like the, the largest um, dungeon that's ever been produced for 5th edition D&D. Yes. Obviously, Undermountain has a, a long history. Mm. And uh, I, I actually um, compared the maps from this mm-hmm. um, to the maps in the in some original Undermountain. So I looked at level one on each. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the levels in this book mm-hmm. uh, are section the original levels. You could, you, you, okay. could take, you could take that map and it will be like a middle section of, of a much, much larger level, which you'll find in sort oh, of okay. older products from 20 years ago. So yeah. they're kind of focused in on, I guess, the sort of core point of each mm. Of each level, rather than mapping out the entire thing. Yeah, I think I think part of the idea is don't forget that it does have bits leading to insert plot here. Mm. So if you don't want to stick entirely to the book, you do have like a lot of freedom and variation where you can like insert your own challenges and uh, unique problems. Mm. Which yeah, I like it. It's, it's trying to give you a skeleton to work off. Uh, although I must say there is. A fair amount of flesh on those bones still. Yeah. So this is basically a sequel to Waterdeep Dragon Heist. Yes, that's correct. Waterdeep Dragon Heist, as you know, goes from levels 1 to 5, whereas this actually came to go from levels 5 to 20. But, but it can be played on its own. You don't have to play the previous one. Oh, absolutely. And the idea is is that you can just have people dip in, dip out. Mm. So uh, due to the nature of the way they collect monsters, the mm. idea is your adventuring party could be scooped up by a random portal yes. and play a, a level-appropriate dungeon level. Yeah. I mean, the entrance, which was is the Yawning Portal, was yeah. um, introduced a few adventures ago. Mm, the Tales of the Yawning Portal. Yeah. And uh, it was mentioned in um, Waterdeep Dragon Heist as well. Yeah, that's it. Uh, so, yeah, that's featured in three uh, major D&D adventures now. Oh, as, yeah. As that Yawning Portal. So they're really focusing really... on Waterdeep in general, aren't they, I think? Yeah, they're, they're definitely leaning into the Forgotten Realms, but that's been very much the yeah. focus of Wizards. Um, Forgotten Realms, I think we've had Chult, which is still in Forgotten Realms. but We've had Ravnica. Thinking. We've had Ravenloft. But, well, you say we have Ravnica. <laughs> well, alright. Ravnica <laughs> exists, although we personally have not been able to locate a copy of it. Yeah, I'd be, I'd be, uh, I, think, I think we may have to go and revisit that. If we can get hold of Ravnica. Oh, hopefully by next week, maybe. Absolutely. It is out, so. Absolutely. We should be able to get hold of it. Yeah. So, the maps in there. Yes, many maps. Quite nice. Um, they're by a, a chap called Tim Hartin. Tim Hartin, eh? Tim Hartin. These are sort of a bit more efficient, I think, than than some maps that have been in other books. They're, they're kind of clearer, a little more simplistic, maybe. But not, not, in a, not in a bad way, you know. Yeah. You know? They're designed to be clear schematic maps. Yeah, um, they're less arty than some maps that you've seen in previous books. But I'm I'm not against that. I can actually see what things are meant to be. Mm. It would be nice to have some sort of a pull-away section, but I think they are releasing those separately. Mm. Yeah, you can get them. You can buy the maps separately. Yeah. Yeah, they would need to be quite large because apparently they're not. From what I've oh. heard. Um, someone someone was uh, complaining online. Mm. I haven't seen them myself, but someone was complaining online when they, they pre-ordered them and they came. Yeah. And, although they were separate, they were, you know, what? essentially photocopies on card. Oh, that's that's not going to suffice at all. No, I mean, what what we've got here is got an A4 page. I mean, they're all black and white maps anyway. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So ease of photocopying is definitely there because you do, you won't be able to get this as a PDF. 
Um, no, no, so Wizard of the Coast don't do that. Exactly. So you will need to get your book, squish it down as best you can against your scanner bed, and then uh, photocopy yeah. as you see fit. But if you look at this, you see all those squares. Those are all 10 feet squares. Right, yeah. And yeah, the normal big, scale yeah. is 5 foot yeah, squares. Yeah. So they've actually shrunk this map down. Mm. And that's 100 odd squares, say, 10, so 200. So 1,000 feet. Yeah, so yeah. it's like about, probably, we'd probably say we're looking at about 1,000 square feet. Uh, so even on a one square equals 10 foot, this is a huge map. Mm. I, I could see it different. Why don't we whip through each of the levels one at a time? Try not to be too spoilery, but basically some what each one is, maybe. Well, as I say, there are 23 of the fellas, so perhaps... Well, um, yeah, I'd like to spend, spend under a minute on each, just like whip through them nice and quick. Okay. Um, so uh, level number one is called... Uh, it's called the dungeon level. The dungeon level. I kid you not, it's got, I guess, I don't know, what's that, a manticore? Uh, yes, I believe yeah. that's a magical, yeah. It looks bitey. Uh, oh, so what we got? Hungry monsters, a bandit gang, bugbears, goblins in league with a beholder crime lord, uh, which will be Xanathor, of course. Indeed, indeed. Yeah. Uh, so let's, let's level one, which is yeah, the most big complex there. Ooh, and we're looking at like over 40 rooms there. Yeah, but but that's the thing I was saying, like um, this, this is the map. That specific mm. map is the one that I compared to the sort of older you? one. And it, the older one is basically... Sort of big. I'm gesturing on a podcast. This makes you no are sense. Gesturing so on basically, a I'm, I'm indicating an area which is sort of you know four times the size of the map that that is actually there. Yeah. Well, again, we've got that thousand square. You're basically getting, I think, about a thousand square foot yeah. of map, minus, of course, like individual like places because you've got a lot of corridors and twisting and so forth. Mm. But there's definitely areas to come off of this. Yeah. So level two. What's level two? Okay. Level two. Uh, if we just. Flip through to level two. As a, there, there's, there's very little in the way of pictures, the but there's a lot of detail. chambers. Absolutely. Ooh, what are they? Yeah, um, we've got um, a goblin bazaar, it looks like. Ooh, I do like a goblin bazaar. Uh, and they've got all sorts of... Is that uh, like a bazaar goblin? I think you would only find a bazaar goblin at a goblin bazaar, <laughs> uh, unless it was off duty. Oh, that was wordplay. That was clever, that, wasn't it? Did you like yeah. that? I, I loved that. That's <laughs> great. Um, yeah, and again, we've got... Quite a lot of stuff, but again, round about 25 odd rooms. A lot of these maps are very regimented. You know what I mean? There are a lot of yeah. square rooms and right angles. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you've got like breaks here and there, but there is a lot of... It's very clear it's been constructed. Yes, yeah. So that's... Yeah. I'm not I'm not sure what they're leaning into here. Is this like a conscious design decision or... What's, oh, there we go. We've got a bit of uh, art. Looks like dwarves on a wall doing their best walk like an Egyptian. <laughs> is that like elves on the shelf? Right. Well, you've heard it here first before we had uh, Elf on the Shelf now you've got Dwarves on the Wall okay level number three what we got the uh, Sargalf level yes looks slimy it does ah oh, I see Sargalf is actually the river yes uh, yeah. so yeah a subterranean town of Stromkulder Stromkulder what um, lies divided in chunks by ancient cavings oh yeah uh, and then uh, various factions have fought over this outpost yeah, yeah, previously inhabited by dwarves. Mm. But yeah, that's a that's a lovely old uh, I don't know, mermaid. No, uh, no, some sort of water hag, something like that. Hard yes. to say. Okay, moving uh, on then. Yeah, again. Oh, so you've got a lot more naturalistic looking dungeon in this one. Look. Yeah, it's quite it's quite a bit of a break. You've, and then got, you've got the big river running through the middle of the map there. I guess those sort of like uh, lines are going to be like 
stall walls and so forth. I guess, yeah. Which uh, is a ruined, a ruined city, basically. Uh, again, on the outside, you can see the tunnels leading to the expanded dungeon. Hmm. Uh, yeah, so next level. Yeah, next level. We've got next. This is exciting, I, this. I, the Twisted Caverns. Absolutely. Uh, so we've got, we've got a tribe of Kuatoa and uh, an Aboleth. Yes. Nice. Yeah. I, do like, I do like the occasional Aboleth. Yeah. Oh, that's a nice bit of art. Looks like someone's got getting the old flaming hair. Ah, see, none of this is built at all. This is all naturalistic cavern. This one, a sort of burrowed yeah. sort of style. Lots so. of rivers and a big lake with an island in it. But yeah, you know, we stand with that. You're like with your feet St- wet. St- standard Aboleth type territory. Ah, yes. yeah. Here be Aboleth. Yes. Uh, yeah. Okay. Moving on. Moving yeah. on. Moving on. And uh, we have number five, which is the Willow Wood. Yes. That is a displacer beast, if I'm not mistaken. You, I, I believe that you are correct, sir. And an elf standing behind the displacer beast. Yeah, look, looking grumpy. Uh, grumpy elf. And this is a magical forest. Yes, underground. Is, yeah. Because that's what you expect. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, wow, this is just big and open. Oh, so, it is, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Big open spaces in that one. Yeah, I think there's quite a lot of water involved. Yeah, yeah. So actually, where do, do you, can we see where it where, when one comes in? So maybe you're like I don't know you're coming in from the river or something. Maybe Ooh. level six is the lost level. Now I'm pretty sure that's a number hulk there. That does look like a number hulk to me. Ah uh, yeah, that's a handsome looking number hulk. That isn't it? It is. Something gold. Yeah. Well yeah, it's bronze. Like sort of, it's more yeah it's more goldy bronzy than your mm. traditional yellow. Yeah, uh, those, are, those are some big bite things. So it says here the lost level um, until recently was physically cut off from the rest of Under Mountain. Mm-hmm. Uh, but umber hulks have been sort of like burrowing through the mountain and they stumbled upon it and left tunnels which gave you access to it. Ah, that's quite interesting. Anyway, and we're switching. Oh, okay. And there's a sign saying up to level five. Ah, oh, level go. seven. There we go. Again, you've got like, a, what's that, 45 plus rooms? Yeah. Yeah. A uh, lot, lot less organic than this is last de- This is definitely a mega dungeon. There without is. A doubt, without a doubt. Oh, absolutely! It's like uh, I think there'd be. I think one of the big challenges of a GM will be putting uh, time pressure on the players. Yeah. And making it a really feel like a living place. So what's what's level seven there, Peter? Uh, Madgoth's castle. Oh, the castle. Uh, and apparently, it's based off the Madgoth Undermount Madgoth's castle, written in nineteen ninety six, which was the second of the short lived Dungeon Crawl series. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so it's a miniature castle. It's like a twelfth the size. Scale of a normal castle. Yeah, I, it looks like that. There's yeah, but it shrinking it's shrinking. It's a twelve. It's a one twelfth yeah. size castle. So here we actually have quite interestingly a map within the map. Mm. So it's here we've got like a central encounter. So I'm liking the way it like sort of mixes and matches expectations. So you're expecting oh great another dungeon we've got to slog through, but here you're getting to a place and then you're um, sorting yourself out by yeah. Hmm. Quite a lot of it's a bit empty. It's like more concentrating on this interior castle, which has a fair bit of stuff going on. Okay, next. Next level. What is it? What is it? What is it? I'm excited. I'm, I'm excited. Um, so tense. I'm so tense. Nothing. Uh, the is Slither Swamp. Yeah. I see bodywogs. I see swamp. Um, I think that pretty much characterises the level. There are some various snaky foes of at least two different varieties, but yeah. Hmm. Oh, okay, so this is all basically... It's a big old swamp with a little couple of little fortifications in it, look. Yeah, uh, I can... It, it's a little bit of a spoiler, but I'm loving it. It's got a dangerous shrubbery. <laughs> Very Monty Python. Uh, well, what do you do? I require a shrubbery! Yes. 
Level mm. 9? What's level 9, Peter? What is it? What is it? What is it? Tell me what it is. It's the latest dance craze that's sweeping the nation. Duomacore. 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 How do you pronounce that? Is it Duomacore? Okay. Duomacore. Dreamer. <laughs> you just sound like a small child for let yeah. trying to pronounce dreamer. <laughs> <Dream. laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, However you pronounce it, um, it's that. Um, uh, so we've got an arcana loft and a night hag presiding over this one. Yeah, uh, well this is the Academy of Magic. Mm. Good times. Sounds lovely. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, if you want map again. If you want a Harry Potter experience for your tenth level characters. Mm. So you're you're a fan of this style of map then, are you? I mean, it's certainly clear. Uh, it is clear. I do like it. I'm... I kind of get the sense big. from this book, though, because it hasn't got that much art in it. It's only got, like, a half-page colour piece at the beginning of each chapter. Yeah. And all the maps are black and white. It's yeah. coming across a little bit art-light, isn't it? As, as we're flipping, flipping through it. Yeah. It, it's, 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 it's very dense on the text. I, I mean, I, I, I do love my content, but it doesn't feel like it's very friendly to... And there's something else that... I'm noticing as we're going through, mm. traditionally with these D&D books, you have um, text boxes, mm. which give you Side a description. Yeah. yeah. Well, 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 no, no. Text boxes would be different from sidebars because here it's saying what's in the room and then there would be a description. Oh, right. What, the read aloud text or thing? Yeah. Yeah, okay. It, yeah. Which I never use, but I, I'd like bounce off it and improvise. But it's nice to have it there. Mm. Whereas here it's just got stuff. It's just got stuff. So it seems like it would be quite hard to run from a low prep point of you, view. Yeah, you'd literally have to make sure you'd read it. But I think one, one benefit of it is because it's level-based, yeah. you only have to know what the current level is in the current level, I guess, at any given time. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot of stuff. It's not to... heavy plot-based, so you don't have to know what's happening. Well, 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 yeah, so it's, um, there, there is a plot... Mm. of sorts but it's spread out over 23 levels mm. and from what we could see it wasn't super heavy it was more like yeah. it was it the holastic goals that we discussed earlier they're really more meta plot yeah and then you're and this doesn't feel like a book for novice gms but i feel in many it's not ways, looking like it at the moment no i'd agree it, although it is very much site based which does make it easier than some i suppose yeah no i mean it's it's well laid out it's put together but but, but I would say, yeah, I'm going to say missing text boxes. Okay, what's next anyway? Level 10, yeah. what is it? Murals. Murals Gauntlet. Yes. Oh, that looks interesting, doesn't it? Mural yeah. the Misshapen, I believe that would be. Yeah. One of Palace's apprentices. Mm. And this one is the first one where you stop going a level per level. This one, it's, uh, if you complete this, then with your level 11 characters, you get enough XP to advance for at least halfway. Okay. So this is the first part where it starts switching over to um, two levels per character. Mm. So what is the gauntlet? Is it like an obstacle course of some kind? I'm not, I'm not actually seeing anything that looks particularly gauntlet yeah, to me. Okay. Um, all right, fair. Well, what's next? Level 11? Yes, Troglodyte Warrens. Troglodyte Warrens. I've got oh. a friend called Warren. I think it was a little harsh calling him a troglodyte, though, to be yeah. honest. Well, it's just—it's not saying just him though. All Warrens are chocolate. And if your name is Warren, we apologise for. Was we are sorry to all the Warrens out there. Yes. Um. Yeah, chocolate Warrens is the sort of level you can pretty much guess what it's about yeah. just from the name, can't you? I, I'm, and to be fair, that's like a excellent map. It's a big old map, that yeah. one. If this was on Guess the Kickstarter, God, I hate to describe that one as people drive going through it. You enter this cavern. It's kind of a weird shape, and it's got one, two, three, four. 
six different entrances yeah. and it's kind of a snaky kind of shape and this entrance is really big and expands out into oh god that's Co- hard to describe a Co- Co- couple it? of big old pillars in the middle as yeah. well yeah 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 uh, and yeah. then we've got we've got some stuff up here which is some like, stuff well yeah what stuff well, sure it. it's not rocks oh i'm just going to have a sneaky peek uh there is a key which I did quite like although it is at the start of the book um, oh, 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 big old dungeon key page, full page there. Okay, so stalactites. And presumably stalagmites, yes. Mm. Do you know how to tell the difference between a stalactite and a stalagmite? Um, if it falls off the ceiling and impenetrates your brain, it's a stalactite. The stalactite clings tight to the ceiling. The stalagmite might one day reach the ceiling. Oh, I always went because there's a ceiling, stalactite, ceiling, ceiling. Yeah. But you always works too. There you go. Yeah. Whichever helps you learn. I think Americans pronounce those words differently. There are many words that our American listeners will pronounce differently from us. Yes, and, and they are wrong. <laughs> well, you say this, <laughs> Ross. Yes, <laughs> Pater. Exactly. Uh, what's next? Level 12, what's next? Maze level. The maze level? Gosh, yeah. I wonder what's what's in that level. Are, are you going to make the obligatory pen, or am I? Sounds amazing. Um. Yeah. Is that obligatory? Uh, I don't know. It, uh, and this looks quite interesting. It doesn't look a lot like a maze. Uh, it's got a certain labyrinthine structure about it. Which... Into the maze. Yeah. Dead ends. Faces in the fog. Whoa. Demon's triangle. Minotaurs. I do like a minotaur. Yeah. Well, it's... Uh, you're, you're fond of minotaurs, aren't you? I am very fond of minotaurs. Yeah. Uh, ever since I read Cast the Minotaur. Yeah. Many years He's ago. He's the best minotaur. Uh, oh, everyone, what's the, what's the next level? What's level 13? What is it? Uh, this one says Trobrian's Graveyard. Trobrian's Graveyard. And what is that? Ominous-looking creature. Well, it looks like a purple worm. A very spiky purple worm. It looks like a purple worm if you've got a purple worm with full plate armour. Hmm. Uh, okay, I think that we're getting into spoilers territory here. It is, or, in fact, yeah. exactly that. I, I wouldn't want to ruin this. Somebody. <laughs> Somebody's going to have a great time when they get to this yes, part. Yes, all right, yeah, okay. They're, they're going to have a... They're going to like, oh, yes, yes, I can do it. I had just a purple worm on uh, Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG Talk Not podcast. And then they'll be like, oh, I see what they did there. Hmm. Ah, why? Oh, what's next? What's next? What's next? Yeah. Yeah, uh, level 14 is... Oh, Arcturia Doom. Ooh, that would be a lit, I bet. Let me guess. Is it a lich? It's a lich. Hey, I am so good at this. You are. I'm amazing. It's almost like I know some stuff about D&D sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that happened one time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so this is a, a lich-based level, is it? Yes, yes. There's lots of, like, sarcophagus-looking things and... Sarcophagi. Oh, yes. Hmm. Oh, I'd rather not. <laughs> 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 oh damn we're mature here on this podcast yeah. as you can tell uh, again over 40 rooms they're quite they're nice it's big mm. um you got and again you've got expansion levels if you want so i suppose if you got hold of the older dungeon the mad mage you could expand it out as much yeah. as you like yeah yeah um i like that the levels have a theme to them which they're yeah. quite, quite no, no i very much like that what's next uh, obstacle course. Ooh, what's in the obstacle course? Well, it looks like um, very large goblins. Yeah, we've got uh, dwarves, magical traps. Yep. Undead beholder named Nether Skull. Wow, there you go. 
Uh, I bet he's card. friendly. Yeah, he's in like this. This looks like the like, social role playing. Yeah, he's, 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 he's probably a really, really nice chap. Yeah, yeah. Just, just chill out and. Uh, yeah, I can't imagine there will be any conflict whatsoever between the uh, adventurers and this undead beholder. Oh, yes, and we've got. Because uh, it cancels out, you see. Undead are bad and beholders are bad, but two negatives make a positive, so therefore he's good. That's logic. That's maths, that is. That's science. I, I certainly am not prepared to argue with this <laughs> I'm not sure what this is. This looks big. It's like a canyon? Yes, but it's sort of... Either wrapped. a canyon or a giant leaf that someone dropped on the page. Or is there something? Uh, yeah, it. Uh, uh, this obviously isn't like great, but we're trying to avoid spoilers. But at the same time, there's a map and it's got sort of... A feature which, as you say, looks much like a, much like a leaf, and that's um, spread all over it. You're going to the next level. Uh, no, you're right, chasm. Good I shout. said it would be a chasm. See, okay. I know everything. Level sixteen. What's level sixteen? Peter? Oh, uh, it, the t- the chapter title is the Crystal Labyrinth. Ooh, yeah, Crystal Labyrinth. Oh. we're what sixteen of twenty three now. We're getting there. Yeah, yeah, and this is for your fourteenth level characters. Hoping to get enough experience to advance halfway to 15th level. Wow, okay. I, I have literally never seen play with 14th level characters. Uh, not in 5th edition, no. I no. haven't either. Yeah, and this is based on Under Mountain Startup. Written by uh, Stephen E. Shen in Yes, yes, it looks like. I do like a Gith Yankee. I'm saying nothing. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. So we've got sort of two two dungeons. Okay, so it looks like you've got, a, I guess, a ground engine. And, uh, oh, different gravity plane. A gravity plane goes wow, through it. that is very clever. Ah. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Oh, oh that would be nice. Ooh, that's like physics and stuff. That'd be really nice. Yeah. yeah. Bit, bit, oh, do you like a bit of physics? Yeah. yeah. What's next? What's next? Level 17, what we got? Sea deeps. Sea deeps. That looks like a flump to me. It's either a flump or a jellyfish. I'm going to go with flumps, then. Uh, Mind flayers uh, formed a new colony... Well, where you get flumps, you get my flares. Although the Give Yankee are determined to wipe it out. Oh, that seems fair. They do have a, they do have beef. Oh, there's a sidebar. There's a, there's a box. Yay. You wanted a box. There you go. There's well, this one. is this is a sidebar. It's not a text box. Oh, okay. So again, it's like there will be a lot of homework for anyone wanting to run this adventure. Mm. That uh, and again, it's got underground river. Yeah, but what we're seeing here is we're seeing like this is a really properly a sidebar, and it's giving you like detention facilities. I just wish you think Death Star. Yeah, that seems fair. Okay. What's, what's on the next level? Should we go on to the next level? Oh, yes, yes. Uh, Van Rack Doom. Ooh, Van Rack Doom. And that's a big monster there. What is that big yeah. monster? Uh, well. The Dark Fate of Lord Van Rack Moonstar. It looks like it's going super well for him. Super well. Hmm. What, what is the what's the basic sort of concept of the, of, the, of the level, though? Well, it would be how Van Rack met his doom. Yeah, but what, but what is it? Is it... Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, so... I mean, that's some kind of dragon, is it? I guess so. I was going to say a shadow dragon. Okay. It's, it's certainly dark in hue. Yes. Uh, doesn't look like a proper black dragon, because it's not, like... It, it looks more tenebrous. So, yeah, you've got Fanrak Moonstar, Water Davian Noble, turns to the worship of a god of darkness and loss, goes into the mountain, and becomes a death knight. Ooh, I love death knights. Yeah. They're my favourite undead. Hmm. All because of Lord Soth. Yeah, he... Dragonlance was surprisingly formative on both of us, it appears. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Dragonlance is probably what got me into D&D. Oh, here we go, level 19, Caverns of Booze. We've seen this one before, we've yeah. seen previews of this one, so this is with our Mind Flayer Spelljammer Captain. 
Yeah. With his rapier. Yeah. And um, his giant miniature space hamster. Or his miniature giant space hamster? Mm. All those. Oh, okay, that is quite a large so ship. Can, so you can see the ship there in the middle on the map, in the middle of the caverns. I mean, but bearing in mind how long these squares are, which is 10 each, then that's like, yeah, 200, 240, 240 foot ship. And then you've got a little map of it down there. Like oh, map of it. look at it, isn't it, Diddy? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, cool. A okay. bit more tentacular, I must confess, than I would like. Oh, and here we go. You're not, you're not a tentacle fan. Here we go. Uh, here we've got like a little song. Ooh. I won't make Are you going to sing it? Please sing it. Please, please sing it. Oh, I can't. It'd be spoilers. <laughs> Nothing but, would make me happier than to have you sing this well, song. Only if we promise to put it into the bonus content. All right, then, I promise. It does look like classic bonus content. I promise. Ah, <laughs> you're a monster in human form, Ross, Ross Morrissey. <laughs> Ross Morrissey. Hello, your editor Daryl here. Because the guys brought it up, this is a perfect time to remind you about our Patreon at patreon.com slash Morris. Every week, supporters of the show get our bonus content episode featuring exclusive discussions, diversions, jokes, off-topic discussions, and even a few outtakes. This week, even with the Mega Dungeon-sized episode we have, there's over half an hour of extra material. You can get instant access to all of our bonus content episodes and help keep the show going by backing us over on patreon.com slash morris. Ah, there's the captain, the unpronounceable one. Okay, so yeah, lots of information about the ship. Okay, level yeah. 20, what's next? Ah, the runestone cavern. He looks like a nice chap. Skeleton with a green cape. I'd invite him around for tea. Yeah. yeah. Well, I imagine he wouldn't drink much tea. Don't be too he would kind of like fall out. Oh, if you rigged up the correct funnel and <laughs> uh, spout, then he'd be something. Uh, so the runestone is a large magic crystal created by Halaster. Embedded in the top of a huge hollowed out stalagmite that rises from the centre of this level's main cavern. And um, it's also the lair of a lich named Izat. Does that say? No, I don't know if you can't read it. I'm oh, I'm, I'm looking at it from a strange angle. Yeah, no. A slight distance here. So. Who, 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 who's Izat? Uh, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so. Izat oh. the lich. Is that the lich? It could well be. <laughs> We, we just don't know. Oh, that joke is going to get made so much at every single game table, isn't it? It seems like a easily avoidable one. But what what do I know about the naming conventions of anything? What do I know about names, Ross? Mm. What do I know about names? Well, um, you know that I can't pronounce them. You know that. That is true. That is true. So, okay, what's the next level? All, all names in any we game. We're getting to the end now. No? We are getting to the name. Um, 21. We've hit level 21. Designed for four 16th level characters. Ooh. Those who overcome this level's challenges should gain enough XP to reach 17th. What's it called? Terminus level. Is it an angel? A planetar? Sitting there on a throne with big unfurled wings. Up with some sort of demon sat at the back saying, it's up. Yeah. yeah. Okay. okay. Uh, is that some sort of railway or stairs? It looks like a railway to me, to be honest. Does it? Yeah, like a yeah. little minecarts on. I guess that maybe might be what it is then. Oh, there we go. There we are. Mine tracks and carts. How Indiana Jones of it. So it's it's taken twenty levels if they start breaking out of the mine track. <laughs> okay, right. next level. Second yeah. to last level. Penultimate level. What is it? Ooh, Shadow Dust Cold. Shadow Dust Cold. What yeah. is that? Um, I think it was something. It looks like a, a very sad looking beholder. It looks like it's all something that's all very scary. Do you know why I say that? What is that? It looks petrified. <laughs> oh, is that, is that what it is in a petrified beholder? Well, I don't know, but it looks like a petrified beholder. Hmm. What is it? The Shadow Dusk family um, 
There's a lot of backstory going on here. Uh, there's a level. It has a petrified beholder. There we go. Yeah. And it's called Shadow Dust Cold. Yeah. Uh, I mean, when you come, come across the ruined remains beholder, you're like, hmm. Oh, that's nice. What's that? Well, you see what they've got here is they've got sub-levels in the dungeon. Oh. I know. Busting it out. You're like, ah, oh, we've done this level. Oh, no. Stairs further down. Oh, no. We're, a, we're on a different level. Oh, wait. No, it's the same. Oh, dear. Yeah. Okay. Shall we move on to the final level? This level... This takes you from 17th to 20th. 17th levels to 20th. Bloody hell. So level 23, the Mad Wizard's Lair. Yeah. Wow. Um, and, well, obviously, you can expect to find Halasta, but you also find some other people that I feel would be slightly spoilers to reveal. Let's have a look. Yeah. Well, we got a nice picture of um, someone doing what appears to be Emperor Palpatine-style lightning from his hands. Yep, yep. Um, doesn't look like you'd be able to do that, but you totally can. We've got a fairly large uh, dungeon still. Not quite. No, it's the smallest one so far, I think. Yeah, yeah, I would say so. But you also have a tower. It's interesting. It's the smallest dungeon so far, but it's definitely the highest in terms of how many XP you get within it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, 17 to 20. That's a lot of XP. There are some... Nasty monsters. Yes, yes. So you're determined not to spoil them then? Uh, it would seem it seemed unkind to spoil it for people, but it's like, yeah. Well, we could warn them. Yeah. All right, no, we won't spoil them. Okay, uh, okay. Can't, 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 can't go around spoiling Ooh. Yeah. She looks nice. Yeah. Ooh. We'd not expect that stat block. Interesting. Yeah, okay. Uh, oh, come on, I can spoil this. Yeah. I can spoil it slightly. We've got a, 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 a lich with what looks like six little insect wings. Uh, I guess a lady with dragonfly wings would be how I'd describe it. Mm, dragonfly wings, that's it. Appears to be wearing a... Well, Arcturia. Yeah, it's got a pointy hat. Like and it's one of the very, very few art pieces in the book. Yes, yes. Um, As opposed to the chapter headers. Yeah, uh, exactly. It, that's, I think that's one thing that I've really got to take away. It's, it's very... Dense. And then we've got Skullport at the end. Yes, yes. Um, so so we've just got a whole section just describing the... Town of Skullport there. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. And Skull Island. Hmm. They had a theme going with it and they went with it. Hmm. Okay, so it's sort of like a bit of a side mission. Sort of. yeah. Oh, wow. We've got a few, few maps there, isn't it? There, there, there's a whole section, which I think would be like it's also its own sort hmm. of thing. And then we've all got, you've got our stat box. Now, I've heard people say, and I'm just looking at this for the first time, that this book is quite light on monster stat blocks at the back. Oh, yeah, yeah, so a lot of it's straight look. out the monster manual. Yeah, so we've got Halasta Black Cloak, yeah. an Arch Druid. Yeah. And uh, what else have we got? Champion. Champion, Githyanki Gish, Lava mm. Child, Living Unseen Servant, and another piece of art. Ooh, that's an odd piece, isn't it? Oh. Mm. We've got. Uh, Moiral? Yeah, Mural. Oh, yeah. Challenge rating. 13. Oh, the one the gauntlet. Uh, Neothalid Neo Scaladar. Oh, yes. I don't know what that is. Um, Shadow Assassin, Ulitharid, which is a large aberration. A werebat. A werebat. He, seems, he looks friendly, look. CR2. Yeah. And, and that's it. it. And then right at the back, you've got these card decks. Yeah, yeah. We've got an Elder Runes deck and a Secrets deck. Which do look quite interesting. So what would you say is your sort of is first impression, given that you... Given the caveat that you haven't read the book... Yes. But we've both flicked through it together just now. What's your first impression, would you say? My first impression is one of weight. This isn't the sort of book that you're just going to like pull out casually. You're going to have to actually sit down and research it. Mm-hmm. 
because there's very little to spark the imagination. Not trying to be harsh, I mean, there is the bits of artwork that are in there are brilliant. I completely understand why we don't have the usual like page, half page cover splashes that we normally do. But yeah, like there's not much in the way of art, there's not much in the way of flavour boxes. It's a lot of words. There are a lot of words. So yeah, I think that's my takeaway. It's very text dense, very text heavy. Yes. And it's definitely one that you're gonna to have to prep for very yeah. well oh, yeah. before each session. Yeah, I mean in some ways it is an ambitious project and I can see why they're going about it because high level content is something that's been called it's out. It's gonna be really interesting, like in a few a few weeks, a few months, yeah. when people have played through this and they can actually mm. pro- you know properly report back on what what the high level content of the week. Well, we probably we pretty much covered uh, Dungeon of the Mad Mage as best we can. Hopefully yeah. next week we can do the same thing with Ravnica. Oh yeah, and then maybe at some later point we can do a proper detailed dive into one of them mm. once we've read them properly because that is a, that is a first impressions. Yes, they um, first impressions through there. It's like an unboxing more than a, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you everyone so much for listening. Um, I'm going to sign off now. It is goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from me. Thank you everyone for listening. Until next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. My ears hurt. That was awful. The worst. I'm going to be punishing those two for this awful performance. I just have to decide whether to put them both in the Iron Maiden or have them eaten alive by sandwich ants.